it feels like Africa sometimes has a force field around it, right? When you're outside yeah. the continent, you have no idea what's happening. And when you're on the continent, you're living and breathing and experiencing this life. And I've been privileged to be able to travel a bit across the continent. And everywhere is so different, you know? So I think that what's exciting is it's not about taking the biggest piece of the pie right now. It's about making the pie bigger. And so when mm. you look at players like you had mentioned uh, Spotify and Spotify for Podcasts earlier, it's reinforcing the fact that this is important. It's encouraging because ultimately what matters to me, and you clearly did your research on me, is the creator remains the North Star, right? So whenever you hear me speak, it's about having those African creators taking up as much space as they possibly can, figuring out avenues for them to get paid, have them show up authentically the way that they want to and create the solutions that they believe they need. Hey everyone, welcome to the A Conversation With series on the Sound of a Crowd podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Daniels, and today we're joined by our special guest, Molly Jensen. Uh, she's the CEO of AfriPods. AfriPods is a free pan-African podcast hosting platform building the largest library of African audio stories on the planet. They're currently based in Nairobi, Kenya, and they have the ability to categorize over 50 languages and with content from over 30 countries, including that from individual podcasters, radio stations, and media houses. Um, Africa Pods is, AfriPods is the home of African podcasting across the continent and within the diaspora. Molly, I'm excited to have you in the show. I've seen you pop on my radio from time to time, and I thought this makes sense for you to come on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me, Adrian. I'm so glad to be sitting with your audience and having this conversation. It's a mouthful, so I don't even know what else you might want to ask me after that introduction, but I'm happy yeah. to jump into it. Absolutely. And this is this is why we're having this conversation. And I think, um, you know, it's I think this kind of conversation is due. You know, once again, you've been on my radio for quite some time. I've seen you doing great things. You know, you've been on podcast movement, seeing Forbes Africa, seeing your pop up on other podcasts and news news articles and magazines, etc. And I feel like the mission that we both have is, is, is quite aligned and it's there's lots of overlaps. So I thought this would be a great time to bring you on the show. Um, I think recently I just I was interviewed by one of the podcasters that actually uses AfriPods. I think it's Tony Doe. And then he asked oh, yeah. me to talk about, yeah, he asked me to talk about, you know, what I thought about, you know, the future of podcasting on, on, on the continent and how I see podcasting currently in Africa. And I think, you know, you're you're more kind of like, up to date with what's happening on the on the whole continent, so you have a better idea of what's going on the continent. So I thought it'd be great, it'd be a great uh, idea to get you on the podcast. Um, so yeah, let's let's go straight into the show. So first, um, let's just let's go into what AfriPods is all about. So just tell us what AfriPods is and and how can it benefit African podcasters and and maybe other podcasters as well. Sure, I'm happy to jump right into it. So I think that. When you look at the podcasting landscape right now in Africa, we're still in this infancy. I wouldn't say we're just fresh out the gate, but we're getting early adoption. We're getting people who are interested in listening to podcasts, curious what they might be. And you have this mm -hmm. continent that's really rich in oral history. People are traditionally storytellers. And I think this evolution with the digital intersection we sit at between tech media, story, etc., has made it so exciting for podcasting to take off. 
But what Afropods does, ultimately, we're a hosting platform. So we're similar to Lipson, we're similar to Red Circle, Podbean, uh, Anchor, or now formerly Anchor, but now Spotify for Podcasts. (laughs) What we do is we're the technical home and infrastructure for podcasting in Africa. And what that allows us to do is provide statistics and analytics and data to the content creators and place advertisements on their platform. So your hosting solution ultimately allows you to monetize unless it's a host-read ad that you're dealing directly with a advertiser. And what we then get to do with that information is build out the advertising funnel for audio on demand in Africa and prove the point that audio is powerful here. People care about stories. People are looking for information in the languages they want, and those stories deserve to have advertising dollars attached to them, especially as the fastest digital-growing continent in the world, with one of the fastest-growing digital mediums being podcasting. Absolutely, absolutely. And you you guys have done a phenomenal job, you know, getting podcasters and, you know, radio broadcasters on on the platform. I mean, mean, I'm aware you have, the, the likes of Sincerely Accra, you know, um, on on the on the hosting platform, which is amazing because I know they're doing really really well in their space. Um, and yeah, you're just doing a fantastic job in terms of you know giving African podcasters the opportunity to amplify their sounds. And then you did mention earlier on like how you guys compare yourself to. I mean, you guys are a podcast host just like Podbean, you know, um, Spotify for podcasters, Transistor, Castos, etc. Um, what is it about AfriPods that appeal, that should appeal to African podcasters rather than Spotify for podcasters, which is also a free hosting platform, which people can also monetize and edit and, you know, all the one platform, essentially? You know, it's interesting because, like you mentioned earlier, I live here on the continent. And what you see a lot of is that if you're not based here, if you're not engaging with the creators here. If you don't know what people want, you're building something for what you think Africans need. And I think something that we get to do is we get to talk to the creators and build exactly what they want. Of Mm. course, we make mistakes on the way. That's how we all grow. We all start small and get bigger. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. this product is created for African creators at the core of it. And I think that because of this rich history, it's inevitable that podcasting is going to take up take up space here. I mean, radio has been so powerful from an accessibility standpoint, from an information standpoint. And when you look at podcasts as democratized radio, you're giving people the opportunity to not only make money off of being themselves, but to take up space and tell stories that haven't been told before. So what Afropods does that's different is primarily focused on who our customer is, our customer is African. That means that the customer in Malawi is as important as the customer in Kenya, which is as important as the customer in Burkina, that's as important as the customer in Egypt. And we're dealing with a much more vibrant and robust cultural landscape here. You have 54 countries, 1,500 plus languages, 1.4 billion people, I think, is the most recent number, and a whole lot of information that's never been shared before. So the primary difference is the customer because ultimately the experience of a host is pretty standard. We host your content, we distribute it to the listening solution. So your end listener who may listen on Spotify or may listen to Google Podcasts or may listen to Apple Podcasts, 
they don't know where you host your content, but you as the content creator know where you get your stats from and where you consider your technical home is. So that's yeah. what I would really say. We're focused on making sure that African creators can get paid, can take up space, and that their stories are just as valuable, if not more, in my opinion. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, I mean, African stories are highly valuable. And I think you mentioned on uh, on a panel that I saw you do on Podcasters Movement that right now Africa is trending. I mean, you've got Beyond the Return, the Year of Return. You've got, you know, Afrobeats. You've got, you know, all, you know, all eyes on Africa right now in terms of the, all of the different types of content that we're putting out. And, you know, for, for podcasting to, to, to get that spotlight on content, I think is really, really important. And I think what you guys are doing is great because you're actually listening to what the podcasters want on the continent because their needs and their cultural, um, you know, nuances, their cultural differences are, are, are gonna, gonna be different to what the West is. And when you take that onto account and you're building for them, it, it's gonna create a unique platform. So I think, you know, there is a need for AfriPods, you know, rather than just, having a Spotify for podcasters or other similar platforms because at least they have someone that they can speak to and they can reach out to and it's and it's great that you're actually on the continent it's not like you've set this up and you're working remotely from America or the US or whatever it's like you're actually on the continent which is fantastic I definitely think that you know the privilege of being here it feels like Africa sometimes has a force field around it, right? When you're outside yeah. the continent, you have no idea what's happening. And when you're on the continent, you're living and breathing and experiencing this life. And I've been privileged to be able to travel a bit across the continent. And everywhere is so different, you know? So I think that what's exciting is it's not about taking the biggest piece of the pie right now. It's about making the pie bigger. And so when mm. you look at players like you had mentioned uh, Spotify and Spotify for podcasts earlier. It's reinforcing the fact that this is important. It's encouraging because ultimately what matters to me, and you clearly did your research on me is the creator remains the North star, right? So whenever you hear me speak, it's about having those African creators taking up as much space as they possibly can, figuring out avenues for them to get paid, have them, show up authentically the way that they want to and create the solutions that they believe they need. But ultimately, podcasting is young, so we're all learning together. I would consider everyone who's working in the podcasting space or podcasting or even listening to podcasts that are coming out of Africa pioneers in the development of the industry. You know, like this is a very exciting time, and I think that that quantum leap from step one to step two is going to be extremely significant here. I think it's possible that Africa becomes the largest podcasting market in the world, maybe not in terms of the dollars spent in advertising, but in terms of like the sheer number and the impact of it. It just feels like the opportunity is massive. And to echo the point that you have captured from my previous speaking at Podcast Movement, it's just such an exciting time for the continent. And I think that with the influence of social media and the connectivity that we all have around the world and Africa being so connected digitally, you're getting some real visibility into what's happening on the ground, what's cool, where people want to be. And this concept of identity we know is it's tied to everyone. And so many people in the diaspora connect with 
the major port cities on the continent due to primarily the slave trade, right? So when you look at something as successful as the Year of Return initiative, as Afrochella, as Afro Nation, as, you know, Burna Boy selling out Madison Square Garden, or I think Wembley is coming up soon, or Elsa Majimbo coming out of TikTok, and all of these different platforms creating space for African creators, it's just exciting because you look at the largest Gen Z in the world is in Africa. We know that it's not the same economic structure that they may have in the Nordics or some of the more robust economies of the world. So when you look at this creator economy or this orange economy, you have an opportunity to help creators make money off of being themselves. Creators get to follow their dreams to potentially capture value. And that feels fundamentally important to me. And I look at the position that I'm in and it allows me to continue to drive this vehicle with an incredible team to help creators take up space. And so I'm incredibly inspired by everyone I get to work with and speak with. And I take being an interviewee on a podcast seriously because this is important. You know, this is important to you. This is important to me. This is important to the industry. And ultimately, we all have to help each other to grow together. Wow, that's amazing, amazing remarks, Molly. Um, you're definitely flying the flag for Africa. Um, I totally, you know, um, resonate with everything that you've said. Um, it's important that the creators, you know, get opportunity to make money. And as you mentioned, like the West has its own systems of, you know, you know, of you know making money and economics, etc. But you know, this, those systems aren't quite, you know, in Africa completely. I mean, you are start helping to build the infrastructure for creators and people in tech etc startups to be able to you know monetize you know their you know their products and services but for creators there's still you know a big gap and it's great to see people like AfriPods fill in that gap I mean I had a guest you know maybe two seasons ago in my podcast who said that you know um he, you know he'll be able to you know perform at different stages he'll perform for the presidents you know he'll get these awards but in terms of monetizing his own music like it was very very hard for him to do that like he didn't really have something like a Patreon. So I think what Apipot is doing is really, really important, and I'm really, really inspired by what you're doing. So well, we're I'll, all having I'll... problems, right? Like, mm-hmm. not that I don't want it to come across as just this, you know, it's, it's ambitious, it's admirable, it's exciting, and the opportunity is for sure there, but it's 54 countries, 54 currencies, 54 inflation rates. I mean, there's coups happening. There's, you know what, the best way to put it is, there is breaking news in Africa every single day. Mm. Every day there's breaking news on the continent. And I think that what we just continue to need to do together is show that this is an important avenue, that people care about this vertical, that the content is different, and that the opportunity is there, and that the eyeballs are there. Because then the money will flow as long as we can quantify the impact. So the structures that exist in the West, don't necessarily exist here because the infrastructure isn't yet here. It takes time. It takes resources. It takes belief. You need to be able to inspire people to think that this is viable. So I would argue it's not just one piece of the puzzle. Like there's so many people that I look up to. There's so many people that I cannot believe that I get the chance to work with regularly. So I I don't want to take more space than I feel like we're allotted to. I think we all need more space, but I also think we need more space to take up. Like it's just 
rapidly and rapidly and rapidly growing. It is, yeah, it is, and you, you're you're playing your role in 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 all of this very very well. You know, I must say. Thank all right, you. So let's. You're welcome. All right, I'm enjoying this conversation, Molly. So let, let's talk about the conception of Afripods. Um, I understand you are the CEO. Um, could you tell us about like what triggered the platform to be created? Like what what led to the creation of Afripods? Very curious to know. Sure. So. Afropods was conceptually created in the Nordics, and a lot of that is due to the fact that ACAS, Pandora, Spotify all have headquarters there. So with a small investment, I stepped in as CEO about two years ago, and ultimately with our team, we redeveloped a strategy that made sense for the continent as our team is based on the ground. So our headquarters are in Nairobi, but we have a footprint with people in Uganda, Rwanda, Tanzania, South Sudan, Sierra Leone, Ghana, mm. and Nigeria. And it's important Beautiful. to capture these other markets outside of the primary Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa, which do have the most data on podcasting available right now. I think we need to understand what the audio behavior, the digital audio behavior is in Africa. So I stepped in two years ago and we've been growing our team and testing different ideas and figuring out what it is that the creators and the listeners are telling us that they want and need. Now, obviously, as a smaller startup, we are limited in terms of resources. So we test, we fail, we pivot. And the people who have been riding with us since at least I stepped in, you know, those are the beginning of our hundred true fans. Those are the people that tell us what's wrong. And the, the first step at being good at something is being bad at it, right? The first step of being excellent is having people who will tell you when you're not good. And I think that we're at a place where I feel confident in the platform. We're building something that's not just good for Africa, but is truly at a global baseline standard that can compete because the opportunity here, people are interested, right? Like so many multinationals come to the continent and fail. And they fail because they just put this cookie cutter business on the ground and they believe it's going to work. And you even see that between countries in Africa, businesses picking up from one country, going to another, thinking that that model works. Um, I definitely had a lot to learn about business acumen in Kenya. I definitely stepped in it in the beginning. I was raised in New York and, you know, it wasn't easy. And to think that you have to learn that 54 times, it's about empowering people on the ground to learn what you need. So now we do things like we get research studies done. We pay for our own proprietary research, like through a third party, to see what's actually happening with the behavior with these listeners. And additionally, we have access to some incredible technology that's out of Europe right now. I mean, the goal is to bring our technology to the continent. I'm constantly looking to hire. I'm constantly looking for talent. I feel very proud of the fact that all of the team that is working on Afropods that I've hired is African and is based on the continent. So the long story of the question you just asked, it conceptually, the business was ideated out of Sweden. I stepped in when there was a small investment and ultimately took the time to assess the opportunity, the scene, talk to people, and started to build and test and fail and fail forward and build and test and succeed. <laughs> and so now we're here 
We have a footprint in multiple countries and we're still figuring out what does the market need because it changes so quickly. So that is how it started. That is what I've been doing and ultimately why I've been doing it. Amazing, amazing. And I think it's quite interesting what you said that, you know, you're really paying a lot of attention to customers, to podcasters, just to see, you know, what their needs are and what they are saying. Because at the end of the day, your customers are going to teach you the best way to build your product. And the more you listen to them, the more you can keep, you know, tweaking and, you know, keep making those iterations so that you can have the best possible product. And I also find, I find it quite interesting that, you know, um, a lot of these um, platforms like ACAR, Spotify, like they all kind of originate from the Nordic area. I didn't actually know that. I thought it was just Spotify, but I didn't know that like, ACAR is from the area as well. You know, in Pandora, um, I believe, if I'm Pandora. not mistaken. Very interesting. I mean, they do a great job with audio, right? Mm-hmm. Like, go to path of <laughs> least resistance. You know, I, I think we, the goal of what Afropods is doing is obviously to remain. African. The diaspora is incredibly valuable and important. But I think that when people look at the continent, they often look at black people as a whole and figure out how can they monetize this customer base. And they end up looking outside of the continent because there's more disposable income to spend. And I think that there is that that's a mistake. There's real value on the continent. The multiplier effect, like the exponential impact of what is happening from a culture curation perspective, what's happening from a trend-setting perspective, it's incredibly impressive, right? You have Amapiano, which is blowing up. (laughs) You have musicians like Rema, who I think he had like the biggest YouTube ever or something like that. (laughs) And we're also seeing just, just how vibrant life is here. And it's really exciting. So that's a very long-winded answer to get to where we started, why, and what I'm doing. But I think they're all as important. (laughs) So I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I think you're good. I mean, I think it's really important what you said that, you know, people that want to invest and and build or deliver products or service in, in Africa, they can't come in with their own way of thinking that they have to adopt the the culture and understand the way that Africans think because it's different like you said you came you went you went to Africa and then you had to learn you know kind of like how you know how they think and how they operate and you've and then added and and then you've been able to kind of like you know improve you know based on that and it's really really important because some people come in blindly thinking they can just literally just copy and paste a business model or a way of doing things in the west and bring it to Africa it's not necessarily that you have to adjust you may have to customize it to how they they think and how they they behave and how they act so i think it's really really good how you've adapted to like africa because it's not easy it is not easy companies will come and failed you know they've left but you know there's those that are willing to listen to what the audience wants and understand the cultural needs they're the ones that win so i'm sure AfriPods is going to continue to do great things okay um well, so, thanks, so wait, before you even jump on that i, I just okay. want to add like you know one thing about me is that i know what i do not know I am positive of what I do not know, and I look for that. And I think that if anyone tells you they know what's happening in the business of podcasting in Africa, they're not telling you the truth. 
because we're all growing. We're all building it. Nothing is concrete right now. We are all figuring it out. And that's what actually made me feel more confident and comfortable taking this job because there's just no right way to do it. And in my opinion, the way that would be most successful is talking to the people on the ground, learning what they want and doing your best to build that. Give them the solution they're asking for. I like that. I love it. I love it. It's keeping it simple. You know, you have to listen to your customers. They will tell you how to build the product the best, you know, and you're doing a fantastic job. All right, let's let's keep this moving on. So, I mean, Afropods, of course, since you've come on, you know, I've seen that the, the platform has actually, you know, evolved. Um, talk us through, like, some of the features. So, like, I can see now that the, the platform, you know, you can, you know, you have the ability to, you know, um, publish the various distributors. You can edit. It's more like a one-stop shop. And then the monetization as well. I mean, talk us through some of, like, the features um, of, of Afropods and what podcasters can do with it. Sure. So you kind of mentioned some of them, but once you create an account with Afropods, it's free and you can upload your content. We'll distribute it to the various listening solutions through your, the RSS that we generate if you're hosted with us. Mm-hmm. Additionally, if you want to submit your RSS, you can be part of the largest library of African stories on the planet, that mantra that you mentioned earlier. Some of the features that we've built is a editor, which we're very proud of, with multiple tracks to cut, fade in, fade out. Um, That took quite a bit of time. Everything on our platform is native, so we've built it. It's not just plugged in. Mm -hmm. Um, We also, from a monetization perspective, we're in beta, which means we're early. We're doing it selectively or we're, you know, getting our feet wet there. But there are lots of regulations. So we do have all Mm. the infrastructure in place to place dynamic ads, so pre-rolls, mid-rolls, post-rolls. We've had that implemented for at least a year, if not longer, with one of the global leading solutions for that. And additionally, we have our payments dashboard done from a UI perspective. Um, We're working on the UX, which is basically just like, basically what I'm saying for the listeners here is that we have the dashboard, what we want it to look like, With our tech team, now it's about coding it so that we can implement it on our website. Now, the thing is, once you – just because we have the ability to pay doesn't mean that it makes sense to pay everyone right now, primarily (laughs) due to the fact that once creators can make money, they should be able to check how much money they're making. So it's a chicken and egg situation. We have the details. We have the partner who will be using – to distribute payments across different rails to different countries in Africa. But mm-hmm. until our dashboard is ready, we've been doing it on a very manual level, if needed, contingent on the relationship that's brought to the podcaster. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, so you're slowly, slowly building out. You're slowly releasing it, you know, as it continues to We have all the pieces right now. Yeah. It's just making sure that we're ready for, like, a massive rollout rather than just doing it in testing phases. Because like I mentioned, we are a startup, we are young. There are barriers, not barriers, but there are levels and tiers of you need a certain amount of streams to receive this. You need to have this amount in the bank to take it out, which is pretty similar Mm -hmm. and standard across platforms. But that's uh, some of those features we have. We do have an app, um, but we don't, was not currently as prioritized as our actual platform on the web. Um, and we're constantly building and, and bug fixing and 
figuring out new solutions and and identifying problems, frankly, <laughs> people bring to us. So yeah. our our feature list is is pretty robust, but it's a lot of maintenance and upgrading the product to make sure that it matches not just the capabilities, but how it appears to the consumer. Brilliant. Um, it sounds like a lot of the, the features that you would get from, you know, a podcast host, you know, maybe like a Buzzsprout or an ACOS is, is already in the platform. It's just a matter of navigating the regulations and just making sure that it's fully ready for, for all of the, the, the podcasters before rolling it out. So I'm really excited to, to hear about that, Molly. I want to double tap on monetization because this thing is quite interesting how monetization for, especially for Africans, you know, is working or how it should work because because I'm tr- I'm trying to see this in two different ways. So you've got the I'm I'm looking at it from the perspective of also taking out the funds. Like not you don't really have like a PayPal or like a Stripe or different. You've got different payment platforms that operate in Africa, right? And then you've also got the ads. Like in terms of monetization, I'm sure that's coming from ad advertising. Is that from is that programmatic advertising? Is that where the monetization is going to come from? Yeah. So from the hosting side, mm-hmm. if we're doing the pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll, then it's programmatic, yes. But okay, if cool. we're bridging the connection between an advertiser and a podcaster as a broker, that's mm-hmm. also a possibility. Okay, brilliant. I want to ask you about this because I think it's quite interesting because in the West, I, I mean, if there's someone that has switched on ads for their podcast, you're going to hear companies or brands that we might be familiar with. I'm sure. trying to understand... What, what kind of what kind of companies or brands are advertising in Africa that are going to be featured on podcasters um, podcasts? If that makes sense in Africa, does that make sense? Like an of MTN course. or a Shoprite? Like who, like who's who's advertising? Do you know? You know what's interesting? Um, there's a lot of curiosity around advertising on podcasts, and I say that because I literally went to lunch with the CEO of the largest ad agency in East Africa. And a lot of the questions you're getting from people are, how does it make sense for us? So what advertisers are doing right now, or at least what I have seen them do, is they're using their 10% discretionary budget that they don't necessarily have to show high returns on and testing it in new creator creative ways across creators in multiple sectors. So Mm -hmm. specifically here in Kenya, you'll see an alcohol sponsor like Tusker working directly with a content creator. Or you'll wow. see a insurance company working with a podcast here. Or you'll see some of the more established podcasters who have built their own personal brands around it, working with some of these really globally respected organizations, whether it's the UN, whether it's the AU, whether it's the Gates Foundation. And you'll see podcasters, if I keep the scope, fairly narrow, you'll see (laughs) podcasters leverage their platform into new opportunities. So there was a podcaster that was able to speak on the TED stage, not TEDx, TED in Palm Springs. Mm. And she's part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm -hmm. So I think that that when you talk about what the opportunity is and what the appetite is for advertisers. Right now I'm seeing a lot of testing and people trying to quantify how many Mm. podcasts are there? What languages are they in? How long do they last? And one of the conversations that comes up with a lot is especially with advertising agencies, you're not just buying an audience. 
because advertisers are traditionally comfortable buying audiences when it comes to radio. You are buying a community. And how important is that community to you? Because if I am a woman who speaks about menstrual health, Mm. then you as a uh, pad company or a tampon company probably wants to work with me because my listeners are laser focused Mm. on potentially using your product. Whereas Mm. if you go to a different podcast room as a different audience and community built in, you're getting different results. So people are still trying to figure out what makes sense, how do you move the needle, and I think we're going to see that across multiple verticals. Like this influencer industry is still taking off. People are figuring out what the metrics are there and the parameters of success, what ROI looks like, what is impact. But I will say something I did notice in terms of monetization as a trend on the continent is people are looking for donations. So tip jars Mm. are very and um, even Wazo, just based uh, out of Samavox and Baraza here in Kenya, they announced that their platform will have a tip jar. So they're working on monetizing creators. You see um, creators are now doing live events across the continent, whether it was years ago, I said what I said in Nigeria, Rodney the Young God in Nigeria just doing like a silent disco event or sandwich <laughs> or last night, podcast and chill, Matt G's network out of South Africa had what looked like a thousand people. I don't I don't know wow. if that number is correct, so please. Wow. But it was <laughs> absolutely incredible. I mean, these two okay. YouTubers in Kenya over the weekend, they had their second annual meetup and it looked like it was three times as big at least as their first one a year before. So Crazy. podcasters are figuring out how to charge small amounts to get their fans and community to show up to events. And they're making money off of it. I don't know what profitability looks like for each of these creators, but mm-hmm. they're being held at incredible venues, whether it's national theaters, whether it's intimate gardens, whether it's Mosaic out of West Africa and Gold Coast Report where they have their live shows and, yeah. and dynamic engagement. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on, even in Zambia, Zimbabwe, Egypt. I mean, like, you're seeing live events everywhere. You're seeing the donations pop up because people are looking to capture value and money and um you know podcasting can be prohibitive to some if you're looking to record on a studio if you're looking to have a videographer it doesn't have to be you can record with you know your phone and put a blanket over you to do the sound <laughs> uh soundproofing yourself but People really invest in themselves. People care about their craft. Creators care about their output. So it's been really exciting to see what monetization looks like, not just from a hosting perspective, but from the live events, from the merch, from the X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wow, this is really insightful, uh, Molly. Um, Thanks for sharing. I mean, this is a topic I could go on for ages. I mean, there's so many, you know, questions and so many things I want to ask you around monetization but of course I want to leave it there because of time um and how does the how does the um Afropods Afropods uh, business model look like on the back of you know monetization ads and stuff of course you guys are building for Africa which is great but you guys got to eat too how does that how does that what does that look like well right now because we're a startup we are venture backed or we're yeah. fundraising right mm-hmm. so meaning mm-hmm. that we attract investors who then give us capital and we build out the business for a certain amount of time, which is called runway. 
So yeah. right now we're actually fundraising actively. All and right. from there, we're looking to get to the next phase. So mm. there are some projects that are in stealth mode where we're looking to make announcements of the things that we've been working on and how they look. Additionally, constantly having tech improvement, being able to hire more talent, making sure that we're creating job opportunities on the ground, making sure that we're, you know, doing the research and doing the work to make sure that we are making space for podcast creators specifically to feel valued. And I mm -hmm. think that it's been really tough, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> you know, it's not like the money grows on trees. It's it's a finite amount until you raise more. But what's been really encouraging is that we've been able to prove concept and, and build a business that's almost if you leave now, you're missing the big opportunity, right? Like, look at yeah. what's happening here. And yeah. it's so validating to be featured on Apple Podcasts for Africa Month or to speak to The Guardian or have a feature in Forbes. And, I mean, next month, as a depending on when this podcast comes out, but next month there's going to be an announcement. And I was invited to be a co-editor-in-chief of a pan-African magazine called TAP, The African Wonderful. Perspective. It's run by a Rondon man. And mm. it's a podcasting takeover. And my whole thing was I want as much visibility as possible and representation as possible. Mm. So we have, over, we have contributions from over 20 countries. We mm. have a French section in French. We have multiple interviews with different podcasters. We have articles written. We have quotes. And everyone, I want to say over 97%, everyone is born and raised and lives on the continent. And I feel wow. like if you look at this magazine, if you look at this piece of content, you are getting a real picture of what's happening in Africa. Because so often people are like, what's happening in Africa? And then you find out what's happening elsewhere. This will be the largest document of collected information and material of what is currently happening in the podcasting landscape, specifically from the mouths of these contributors, podcasters, editors, media companies. And I am so excited. And I made a really big stink about the fact that <laughs> you get one photo of me and an editor's note, and that's it. Like this <laughs> people it's by the people and i am just a vessel to help get this as much visibility as possible from wherever it may be whether it's in the diaspora because that's where a big part of my network is or it's mm -hmm. across the continent or it's in europe but i am <laughs> so excited <laughs> you have no idea i i am so excited because i think that as new media it's hard to feel validated until Externally, you either see money come in or someone mm -hmm. big doing it or it gets some sort of backing. And to have all of these podcasters be able to say, I was featured in this magazine. Mind you, it's not my magazine. I'm just a guest editor-in-chief. But for them to have that, I'm excited. I feel, <laughs> I feel so privileged to be in this role. And I, it's not just being lucky and being privileged, there's actually a responsibility to do right by people when you have privilege. So I, I take that really heavily, you know, heavy as <laughs> <is> the crown. <laughs> and I think everyone does, to be honest, in this industry. I think we're all opening doors for each other constantly. 
Yeah, absolutely. You guys are definitely opening doors and I can definitely feel your passion, you know, from from this end about, you know, how you feel about Africa and the industry and, you know, where the industry can can grow. And uh, yeah, I, I understand. So so you guys are VC backed, you know, you've got some funding behind you, you're, you're raising soon. Um, you may not necessarily be at the stage of profitability yet, but I'm sure there's a clear path to profitability, you know, because of the way things are going in Africa and the way things are, are moving. Um, on this note, I mean, could you tell us what, how you see, as, as I know we're coming up, com, coming up on time, Molly, could you tell us how you see the future of podcasting in Africa and, you know, what, how, what you, how you feel about African creators, like what the potential is for podcasting? Sure. So my personal belief is that more is more. So I think we're going to see more podcasters, more podcast listeners, more podcasts available, more advertisers looking to get in the space, more podcasters making money, more live shows happening, more people selling merch, more people just aware that like education of what a podcast is becoming more common. And I think that we can feel very confident that that's growing at an exponential speed. So all of those things for sure, without a doubt, live shows are going to continue to be very successful on the continent. They have mm-hmm. blown up this last year and in a very significant way. I think we're going to see more articles about what is happening in the business of podcasting. And ultimately what I hope is that we see more research on it, right? So Edison did two reports out of South Africa. Um, I think it was called Sound of Ear, but I could be mistaken. Um, it was an audio research survey done in 2019 and 2022 in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Africa Podcast has done research out of Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa for a couple of years now with the support yeah. of Baraza Media Lab. I mm-hmm. mentioned we do our own proprietary research as a tech company. You see a gentleman called Tony Doe out of Nigeria does Nigerian podcast listening habits. I think yeah. we're going to see more of that consistently, and I think ultimately we're all in this car together, right? We've all jumped off the cliff trying to figure out how to drive a car. True. And I think that we're going to see where the most viable avenues of opportunity are and figure out creative ways to work on those things together, especially with these big dogs in the game like Spotify. I mean, it's, it is like reassuring for the creator to know that these big multinationals want to be here too. We all know something special is happening on the continent, and I think we all are just trying to figure out the best way to do it. Absolutely. So uh, I think what I'm getting is that, you know, we are building our own, you know, podcasting industry in Africa, you know, and it's only going to get bigger and better. And, yeah, it is good that, you know, the likes of Spotify, you know, are trying to support you know, some creators on the continent. I think they did some stuff with Sincerely Accra, which is great. And then hopefully we see more of that because, you know, we need them as well as much as, you know, we need to build our own, you know, because, of course, these guys are like the main, you know, some of the main driving forces behind podcasting. Um, Just before before we close, um, I want the audience to get to know a little bit more about Molly. So tell us about, tell us about you, Molly, a little bit. And I know off, off air, we talked about, um, how I discovered that you're Ghanaian, which is great because it's the Sound of a Crowd podcast. Um, so tell us a little bit, a little bit about you, your background and you kind of, kind of what led you to going into, um, Afribots. Sure. So like you mentioned, um, my mother is from Ghana. She's Ewe. So mm-hmm. from the Volta region, 
My dad is from the States, but mostly Scandinavian, so that's how you get that name. Um, <laughs> I've been in Kenya for like four years now, about four years, I want to say. Um, things about me that maybe everyone doesn't know. I'll give you a good one. Exclusive. I was a goalkeeper, college, Division One goalkeeper. I support Manchester United. And no for way. three I went well, to. United. Yeah. I went to Manchester United Soccer School as the goalkeeper academy three years in Utuxeter, England for three summers in a row. No. And no I way. Did. Crazy. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I was there when like the Oblivion came out during Alton Towers. That you remember that? that yeah, 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 that? yeah. I love that ride. <laughs> <laughs> I was very young when I first rode on it with my uncle. What else? Um, I'm the eldest grandchild on my African side, which means I have a lot of responsibilities. I was born on Sunday. I think I might be God's favorite for those listening. Um, what else? I love Pilates. I'm so focused on self care, neuroscience, mm-hmm. the brain. Yeah. Just. I find it so fascinating. I think it's the most exciting science in the last 20 years, really mm-hmm. understanding what neuroplasticity is and how to optimize yourself and your life. I'm, I'm focused on that. Um, I'm not a big drinker. I don't really drink at all. What mm-hmm. else? I'm quite tall. So I'm six feet <laughs> tall. Um, wow. And I played violin for nine years. So those wow. are a couple of things that maybe most people wouldn't know about me. <laughs> wow, violin, violin. You played violin for nine years, goalkeeper. Wow, like this is just mind blowing. I guess you just never know. You can never judge a book by its cover until you actually get to know the person. But these are all exciting um, qualities that you have, Molly. Uh, thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, this is this has been great conversation, Molly. Um, I want us to close out with some final thoughts. So um, could you maybe share the listeners? You know, maybe. Maybe maybe there's a listener who wants to maybe launch launch their own startup, or maybe they want to join Afripods, uh, or maybe they want to become a podcaster and you know amplify their African voice. Um, what words would you what words of advice would you have for them? Sure, I would say just do it. Your first episode is really not going to be as great as your hundredth. They say done is better than perfect, and I'm someone who struggles with perfectionism. But honestly, you don't know what you're good at until you're really bad at it. You have to practice, and nobody just starts at the top of their game. So get in. You're welcomed here. You're part of the community. There's so many resources to tap into. Look for people who are doing what you're doing, but better. Look for people who are doing what you do, you're doing the way you want to. Look to connect with people to celebrate wins and figure out solutions to problems and ultimately take up space because we need your voice and nobody can do it the way that you do it. Wonderful. What a wonderful way to end the show. Molly, I've really enjoyed having you here. Do you have any announcements? And could you tell everyone where they can find AfriPods and connect with you guys? I will have all of the links in the podcast, YouTube description, wherever you guys are listening or watching this episode on. Okay. So special announcements outside of the magazine. (laughs) That one is a big one. We should be making an announcement about some audio on demand content that will be available in multiple countries probably before September. So I have mm. to be careful because it's not my team. It's not my piece of team running it. I have someone else on the team, and I don't want to give away okay. their launch. We, If you're looking for us, we, we will be having an Afropods Meets event in Malawi next month, I believe. Um, every month we go to a different country and do a virtual meetup with the podcasters. 
So connect with our community manager. You can find us at Afripods, A-F-R-I-P-O-D-S. That's across all social platforms, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. If you're looking for something specific and we don't have it, reach out to us. There's a person on the other side that is looking to make you happy. So um, please reach out to us, and uh, I'm available if you're looking for me as well. Excellent. Well, thank you, Molly. Thanks, thanks for sharing um, all of those uh, nuggets and for sharing those links. Um, we will have everything in the podcast player or the, the YouTube player, wherever you guys are watching and listening to this podcast on. Um, I'll also share that meetup with um, one of the African podcaster communities that I'm in as well, because I think there's quite a few people in there that's from Kenya. So really, really good stuff. Molly, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on the Sound of Crowd podcast. Adrian, it's been my pleasure. And to your listeners, thank you for giving me a little piece of your day. I don't take it for granted, and I'm honored to be part of the Sounds of Accra community and library. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. You're welcome, Money. This conversation was overdue. All right, guys, until the next episode of, of the A Conversation with Series, see you next time.